And welcome to part three of our NFL summer preview series on the Oddscast. Doing the NFC North today. I'm Dominic DeLeo. Alongside Joe Delera, Terry Takes, producer Corey. NFC North, we're going to be going over divisional odds, over under win totals, some fantasy advice, just like we've been doing. We've done the NFC East, the AFC East. You can go back in iTunes or Spotify, look at those. Uh, but this is part three in one of the most um, difficult divisions to project um, just because of where teams are going. Some moves they made in the offseason might signal some transition periods. But how are you guys doing today, and what are your thoughts on the NFC East as we start to break it down? Uh, well, Dominic. Oh, Joe, you want to go? I'll go. You go. Uh, well, Dominic, you know, I'm feeling good. Uh, we're talking about the NFC North. You kept saying North. You also just said East. Very confusing. It's the Norse. You know, we got the Green Bay Packers, the Bears, the Vikings. The Lions are a newer franchise, but, you know, it's like the original six. And is that it in hockey? Yes. Uh, history. History in this division. Yeah, I mean, when you talk about history, the Packers have, you know, we're in a new decade now, 2020. In the 2010 to 2019, the Packers won this division six times. Vikings won it three, or Vikings won it two, and, and the Bears have won it twice. Um, you know, historically, Aaron Rodgers has ruled this division ever since we've been alive. Um, but that's what kind of makes this division so intriguing now is that Packers take a quarterback first round. Does that signal they're ready to move on? You know, it's been a very limited amount of times that a team that won 13 games has drafted a quarterback in the first round and has probably a top 10 quarterback still in Aaron Rodgers. What are your thoughts on the love pick generally? Does that take, does that, does that make anything different in how you look at the Packers this season? Um, I mean, from a chemistry point of view, I think it's very telling because Aaron Rodgers was very public about the fact that he wanted another skill position player drafted in the first round. And they drafted like an heir apparent to Aaron Rodgers in the first round instead. Um, and this is a team that really has not drafted uh, wide receivers, running backs, offensive skill position players in the first round for Aaron Rodgers to be able to uh, use in his offense, make his life a little bit easier, put up some extra points. Rodgers so, has had Rodgers has had weapons. I just want to just weapons. Yeah, that he that Rodgers hasn't had help. He may have had a bad coach for those the you know the 2010s. Um, but he's definitely had weapons. I mean, Devontae sure, is a top, top 10 wide receiver. Aaron Jones is a top running back. David Bakhtiari is probably one of the best tackles. Um, yeah. in the I league. mean, that's not, that's not really exactly what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that is more that he went out there and was very public about the fact that he wanted a skill position player drafted in the first round and then he drafted quarterback. Um, well, so I think it happened, shows, this, it shows like, I think like, it's a chemistry thing. This has happened like, once where a team that made the playoffs in, in their last season drafted a quarterback in the first round. And that was like the Kansas city chiefs with Patrick Mahomes. Um, we've seen it happen with the Packers before it was kind of ugly with far and Rogers for a couple of years there. But to me in this new generation of quarterback rookies where like you draft the guy in the first round, he's probably going to have to start in that first season. Um, you know, as we've got away from, you know, the learning behind, uh, the veteran quarterback era that we've seen, you know, 
early on in closer to 2010. Like, like Rogers. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of like the, the, the big one that everybody knows and everybody talks about, but you know, the chiefs did it successfully moving from Smith to Mahomes. Smith, you know, wasn't, even though he was drafted ahead of Aaron Rodgers in the same draft class, wasn't the quarterback Rodgers is right now. Um, but you know, I just think it, it signals to me a weird, it signals to me that they view their franchise right now, that they need an answer at quarterback, whether that's two years from now, three years from now, or even this year, I'm not saying love's going to start this year, but it just seems to me like that normally means transition period, changing of the guard and not, it doesn't usually work out where a team like the Packers that won 13 games last year, comes ahead and does the same thing this year. So I, I just don't know. Terry, what what are your thoughts on love? Uh, I, I think he's a good quarterback. Um, he, his junior year, he was surrounded by weapons at Utah state, or I guess his sophomore year. Cause he's a junior, whatever he was surrounded by weapons. He had, you know, 30 plus touchdowns and low interceptions. And then this year, most of his weapons graduated, so then he had a lot more interceptions and he talked about how, you know, he was, since there weren't as many weapons around him in college, he was trying to make a lot more plays, forcing the ball and made some stupid throws. That's why his interceptions were so high. So I think, um, he has the same sort of mentality as Rogers as a gunslinger. That's, you know, looking to make plays. It, it follows that, you know, green Bay Packer lineage of Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, and now Jordan love. Um, I think it would have been, you know, helpful, to draft someone, a skill position, any player that's going to be on the field to compliment Aaron Rodgers as they just made the NFC championship game. Um, they did get blown out. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it, you, have to, you, you have to kind of remind yourself that they were one game away from playing in the Super Bowl last year. Yeah. So it's like, how, how close were they? Uh, I, 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 me and you in, in our super contest picks were big on, saying that the Packers were a fraud. So I think they're the worst 13 win team ever. Probably in terms of efficiency, they were not good, but, and I I was curious. Um, so I went back and looked when the Packers drafted Aaron Rodgers after they had a 10 win season the year before, um, and decided to supplement Brett Favre, their top five quarterback with a backup quarterback. The following year, the Packers went four and twelve, <laughs> and, and and no, Brett Favre did not get hurt. He played all sixteen. <laughs> so yeah, I I I don't want to you know I don't want to take that and say you know history repeats itself. It happens again because I still have the Packers rated as the like graded as the best team on paper in this division. Although the margin between the Packers and the Vikings, who I have graded second, is the closest I have in any division in football. Um, but I just I wanted when I was starting to look into this division, I wanted to really like the Vikings. Like they made sense in my mind as the next team up. Um, they were very efficient last year, top ten in offense, defense, and DVOA, um, and they were just. They looked like a complete team. But then when I really dove into it, the Vikings weren't as good on paper as I thought they were. They lost a couple guys on defense. Um, Their offensive line is one of the worst in the NFC. And I know that I like want to give Kirk Cousins the benefit of the doubt probably more than other people in my situation. But me, 
<laughs> but I just don't really, I'm not sold on the Vikings either. So I guess my main question before we move on to the Vikings and other teams in this division, um, the Packers, does their drafting of Jordan Love change your projection of them? Does it change your win total projections they're at? Under not under over under is nine wins right now, and there's a lot of juice on the under. So people are projecting them to be a fringe playoff team at nine wins, and they're thinking that this could be an off year for the Packers and that they will regress a lot. Um, things they do well, they do have some good skill position players. They have a great pass rush with Zaria Smith um, leading the way there. They can cover. They just can't stop the run at all. So if you look at a team like Minnesota in their own division who can run the ball, runs play action very well. Um, what are your thoughts on the Packers and the over under nine wins? And does the Jordan love draft pick change or realign your projection of them in this NFC North? Okay, I'll go. Um so the NFC North, they're playing the NFC South and the AFC South. Um, and the Packers go to San Francisco and then they play Philly at home. So, uh, you know, they're, they're a 13 and three team that, you know, we thought was a fraud and now they're playing a first place schedule. Uh, I think the juice shows that people have caught on to, you know, maybe they're not as good as, as, as their record showed last year. Um, but that's so a huge I, difference, right? That's, that's four wins yeah. difference from 13 to nine. I, I, I want to take the under, I don't think I, I could see them finishing in third place in this division. Um, I will, the one, the one fun fact after, you know, I could talk about how I hate the Packers and I think their team is not very good. Um, but I'll just throw out this little tidbit that they drafted, uh, John Runyon, offensive guard from Michigan, the, fourth, the son of uh, one-term congressman from New Jersey, <laughs> John Runyon. <laughs> yeah, I remember Runyon very well in those back when I was a Giants fan and as a kid when he would match up against Strahan. Um, I, you know, the Packers' offensive line is good. Uh, like, Beluga, I, Beluga, Beluga. On paper, the Packers are good. Like they're they're a good team. Like they're a ten, they're a nine to ten win team, and their over under reflects that. Is that good enough to win this division if they win nine ten games? Maybe. Um, but if I'm not picking the Packers at plus one seventy to win this division, I guess the question is who is going to win this division? And we'll get into that. But Joe, any last thoughts on the Packers? Um, just because, you know, obviously the Rogers situation, this team is going to be one of the most watched and most talked about team in the NFL as the season progresses, especially earlier on, you know, they're going to talk about Rogers' performance, whether or not he's happy. They're going to be looking at the chemistry things. It's going to be a whole first take phenomenon about Aaron Rodgers and his ability to connect with his head coach and mentor a quarterback that he uses as a replacement. But Joe, any last thoughts on the Packers? Uh, before we move on to the Vikings. Uh, I mean, the only thing that I can see really happening here is I could see Aaron Rodgers kind of trying to shoulder it a little bit more. Um, and, you know, given the uncertainty and the, the, 
the strangeness of this offseason, uh, he might start trying to, you know, just run the offense himself. I can see a lot of audibles coming up this year. Um, if he if he's having difficulty trusting the coaching staff, no, I'm just saying like I can see him trying to take things like out of the coaching staff's hand and like doing it himself. If he's not really loving what's going on, because like I, I feel like he might not love the situation that he's in right now and uh, be trying to you know take some control of the situation himself. Um, but I, I don't know. I don't really love the Packers either. Uh, that nine win total is tough because you know you're if you bet the over, you're hoping for ten. Uh, otherwise like, which I don't, I don't know if they're a 10, I don't really think they're a 10 win team, but, um, I, I think you know, I land it with, with a, with a hard nine there. It's kind of, it's tough without a, without a half. I would, I would say that they're a 10 win team. Like if you, and for people who aren't deep into DVOA and we're talking about, like you're saying, how can we talk about a 13 and three team being bad last year? Um, they were 10th overall in DVOA, which was behind Dallas at eight and eight. Tennessee at nine and seven and Minnesota in their own division at 10 and six. So this team wasn't that great on paper. The 13, three record didn't reflect that they're obviously, I, I will say confidently that they're not going to win 13 games this year, but I think that Rogers, his ability as a veteran quarterback in these uncertain COVID times to win some games that they may not win and keep them in games. They may not have been in. Um, if it weren't for him, I think I would say confidently that they're a 10 win team. Would I bet that over under nine? Probably not. Um, but I think the Packers, as I said, the best team on paper in this division, um, although it's close, I think that there's the, the love pick really just signals to me that there's something internally wrong. Like if they went out and even drafted like a, a linebacker or try to shore up their run defense, like I would be pretty certain or at least easily, easy, easily justify. <laughs> I would be able to justify picking them to win the division um, a lot easier, but that's just not what happened. And we're sitting here now with um, a lot of more questions than answers with the Packers, but Moving on to the Vikings, the team that I have second graded on this NFC North. Like I said, the the difference is slight, uh, but the Vikings won 10 games last year. They're plus 170 also to win the division. So the books have the Vikings and the Packers at the top two teams in this division. Their over-under is eight and a half wins. Um, what do you guys think about the Vikings and their chances to win the NFC North this year? Um, so you mentioned before that they lost a few defensive players, but they lost Everson Griffin, Xavier Rhodes and Linval Joseph, as well as Trey Wentz. They lost, like they lost some very key defensive yeah. players. Yeah. Um, and they lost Stefan Diggs at all. Yeah. And then you look yeah. at the offense and they lost Stefan Diggs, but they'll try to replace with Justin Jefferson. But again, um, or, or Tajay Sharp. Piscataway, yeah, yeah, yeah. But again, like those wide receivers, you know, generally take uh, a jump in year two. But they also, I mean, they had a good draft with Justin fifteen picks. Yeah, Gladney and um, Ezra Cleveland in the second round, who you know could have been what in the in the twenties in the first round. I saw a lot of mock drafts. Um, So they have a good draft, but again, that goes to the problem of this offseason. And you know, you have these fifteen rookie draft picks 
how do you get them on the same page when you're not in the same building and you're doing it over zoom? So, uh, I, I think it's an easy, it's an easy bet to make. You just log on a sports book and see like, Oh wow, the Vikings. Yeah. I don't think the Packers are going to win the division this year. So I'm going to pick the Vikings, but I, I don't know because Kirk Cousins isn't going to put the team on his back to, you know, get them to 10 or 11 wins. So, yeah. I mean, I mean and the, run the ball. Yeah. But the, the defense was really what made the Vikings good this, these last three or four years. Um, and defensively, you know, their offensive game plan fit perfectly with a team that had a top 10 defense, which was run the ball, control the ball, um, keep their defense well rested. And then they get stops and you turn around and the game is already in the fourth quarter and they're up 10 points. Like that was their formula the last three or four years. And you bring up a great point about the continuity factor with his defense. You know, do I trust Mike Zimmer to be one of those coaches that can transition these rookies well enough, especially on defense? Yes, but it's a lot easier said than done. Joe, what do you think about the Vikings? No, I totally agree. I mean, like with 15 draft picks uh, this year, I mean, they obviously they had a good draft, but you're, I think you're expecting a lot out of um, a team that lost such key players on the defensive side of the ball. And, you know, like you like to kind of feed into what you said uh, they're the Kirk Cousins is not really an inspiring quarterback. And then you take away one of his better wide receivers. If the Vikings do go down in the game, uh, like I, I just can't, I don't really see them coming back uh, that strongly and being able to, you know, have Kirk Cousins lead a comeback. Uh, their strength is running the football. And, you know, I, I don't, I think their, their whole team philosophy has kind of changed after this draft. It's good. You're asking a lot to see 15 draft picks come up and replace some of the talent that's left the team. I, I mean, will say, I, I, yeah, well, I, let me just jump in real quick. I, um, Kirk cousins and Stefan Diggs hated Kirk cousins. Also so. true. Also true. <laughs> Kirk cousins wouldn't, couldn't find him, get him the football if he handed it off to him. So it's like, it's like if mom and dad hate each other and there's a divorce and it's like, are the kids better off? Yeah, they're probably better off. So the fact that they're no longer together, I don't think is that big of a deal. No, but it it was, but it was an interesting situation though, because it was like, whenever Thielen was out, it seemed that, uh, he then then say, all right, well now I have to throw Diggs the ball. Well, and, and Diggs, when, Diggs was you know, a guy that could make a game changing play or at least like make something out of nothing. Like you saw in that NFC divisional game with the, um, with the, with the 49ers, I think like they were just unable to do anything on offense except one time Stefan Diggs was able to blow by somebody or just, yeah. um, you know, make a poor cornerback miss and, score a touchdown. I think like the Vikings, yeah, on, on paper, they look like a team that has a low floor has you know, a pretty high floor just because they run the ball. They try to take control of the ball, turn, you know, limit turnovers, but without that playmaking ability, you know, maybe Jefferson comes in and is, you know, it's, it's those kind of rookies are easier to, uh, find it easier to perform. I think those deep threat receivers, Um, more so than like possession receivers and the route running receivers. Um, But, you know, without that game breaking ability on offense outside of Dalvin cook, like, I don't know if the going gets tough in some of these games, if they're going to be able to find, you know, a a game breaking play from somebody or they have the skill position players 
to kind of offset their lack of explosiveness on offense. So, um, but I do think that their defense, even though they lost a lot of guys, um, Xavier Rhodes was very bad last year too. Like he had a yeah. down year. Um, I think that this team, you know, the over under is eight and a half. There's a lot of juice on the over. So I think that people are starting, you know, the over under is probably going to like the Packers are probably going to drop to eight and a half. The Vikings are probably going to go to nine. I don't know if that's going to be reflected in the divisional odds if the Vikings start to get a couple more points on as being the favorite to win the division. But it seems that the consensus is among gamblers is that the Vikings are going to be one and the Packers are going to be two, or at least the Vikings are just going to be better than the Packers. So any picks for the over-unders? Like, do you, I, I still am staying away from it. Probably like, I'm not sold that this team's going to be a 10 win team. Um, if it gets to nine wins, uh, or the over-under gets to nine. And again, I'm uh, as we go through this division, we, I said it with the Packers, like I'm not sold that the Packers are going to win this division. I'm not sold that the Vikings are going to win this division. Do any of you feel differently, um, before we move on to the bottom two teams, this division? No, I mean, yeah. uh, I'm, I'm, um, I didn't have much to say before because um, there's no bet really for the Vikings or the Packers that I like right now. And that's something yeah. kind of just want to wait to see how it shakes out. Um, <laughs> I, I like things going on in, in the, the bowels of this division, the, the, the sewers. <laughs> well, so the bottom two teams is division, the bears and the lions bears coming off a 12 win season the year before finished eight and eight. Um, the Trubisky struggles are well-documented, but the lions won three games last year. Um, this division, I will say this is I, as in terms of how I graded all the divisions out, this division is the toughest or at least the closest. If you look at the bottom team that I have graded. So I have the bears as the worst team on paper in this division, but I have the bears higher than any other fourth place team in all the other divisions. So just putting that out there as we went through the top two Vikings Packers, not sold on them, but also the lions and bears, the bears are better than all the other last place projected teams, according to my rankings, which is just how I like to look at things. But I have this division being tough top to bottom, at least in that sense with the bears being being a decent team. Um, so let's move to the bears next because they're the next in odds. They're plus 400 over under seven and a half. Um, again, eight win team, Matt Nagy, third year head coach won the coach of the year his first year. Um, in that 12 win season, this team finished 15th in total DVOA. Again, not bad right in the middle, eight and eight defensively weren't as elite as they were, weren't as dominant, as they were in 2018 and offensively again, terrible, but they bring in Nick Foles this year. And Terry, what do you think about Nick Foles? Do you think that this team has any sort of composition to at least think about them hitting the over or winning this division? Um, I, I don't think Nick Foles really helps their team as, as much as it's just a change in quarterback, person behind center. Um, Nick Foles is not mobile. Uh, Matt Nagy runs, you know, unless it's it's only for 
um, Mitch Trubisky, but he runs, you know, a lot of RPOs and he likes to move the pocket. So it's, it's interesting that they would sign Nick Foles or trade for Nick Foles. Who's, you know, not a mobile quarterback. Um, and when he's over a long period of time, he's shown that he's not like a great starter. He had the one great year with Chip Kelly where he, you know, led them to what 13 and three with the Eagles. And then obviously came in for, um, Carson Wentz and they won the Super Bowl. Um, but with the Jags didn't really do anything, got injured and now Gardner Menchu's quarterback. So and it was, it's a guy that before the Eagles won the Super Bowl, he was about to retire and be a pastor. So I, I don't, I, I don't know how much like, it's just like a weird situation for the bears, especially with Trubisky. What is this? His fourth year, third year, fourth year. I think he's fourth. going into his fourth. Fourth. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, they have the fifth year option coming up. Is the team going to pick that up? And they're and Foles I think they already it. declined it. Yeah. So yeah, Foles is making 17 something million dollars a year. So it, it's, it's a weird situation. I think they're just looking for someone to take care of the ball and, you know, get them maybe 20 points a game and hope the defense takes over. But I, I, I don't really know, you know, how much Foles adds to this team. I mean, the, better than Trubisky. Yeah, I mean, the only good thing with Foles is that he did play to some extent with Nagy when they were in Kansas city together a couple of years ago. So, I mean, that at least gives them a little bit of continuity, I guess, like in terms of being familiar. Um, cause, uh, but I don't know how much that really, I don't know how much that really helps the bears. Like, like I, I agree with you in terms of, uh, Foles not being significantly better than Trubisky here. I think he Foles was a product of, you know, the coaching staff in Philadelphia. And then also, uh, their offensive line has always been good. Um, so I, I agree. I don't think the bears are a really inspiring option. And then, you know, they didn't really have, they didn't have a first round pick this year. So, you know, in terms of getting talent right away that you feel is going to have an impact, I don't think the bears really have that. Um, yeah, I, I would be all for betting the bears to finish fourth in this division. If it weren't for Nagy, um, like if they had a different head coach or an unproven head coach, I would be all for firing, you know, firing away on the bears to just be a four or five wins team and bet them to finish last bet the under. But uh, I mean, if you look at his record as a coach, 12 and four, eight and eight, like he hasn't had a losing season yet, obviously very small sample size, but in a situation like this, especially with COVID and I I'm looking way more at coaches than I normally would. Um, and coaches that have had success, um, at this level and, Nagy's one of them. So are you, where do you put the bears in this division right now after going over the Vikings and the Packers? Dominic, I'm not a fool. And I admit when I don't know things and I just don't know about this division. (laughs) I'll reach, I'll reach, I'll, you know, I'll wait, I'll wait and get back to you. Okay. But I like, is the gap, like, are you putting them in the same tier as the Vikings or the Packers? Or do you think they're significantly worse than that, than the Vikings and the Packers? No, I think they're very close. I think this whole division is very close. So, um, it, if, you know, they can, if Foles can come in and do what he did with the Eagles, then I think Sling the, Bears it around. Can, the Bears can win this division easily. 
Easily. Yeah. Wow. Heard it here first. <laughs> I I still don't know. I don't like know. I I'm there's not a lot of talent here on paper. Like their offensive line is terrible. Uh, Khalil Mack on defense is a saving grace, but other than Mack, like this team wasn't that great on, on defense last year. Like they weren't like they, yes, they were eighth overall eighth in defensive DVOA, but they took a significant step back from the year before after losing their defensive coordinator. Um, you know, when Fangio left and I, it's, it's very tough to see that kind of bounce back where the defense would be so good to override or offset how bad they are in offense. Um, and yes, like you said, Foles is, a, is a slight upgrade over Trubisky in terms of just turnover, um, and, and taking care of the football. But do I think Foles is going to come out and look like he did in Philadelphia? No. Like I think that was a product of the system. Um, but again, Nagy's had offensive systems that have worked and, you know, like I said, if, if Nagy wasn't the head coach here, I would be all for the bears being one of the worst teams in football. Um, but I think he just kind of brings a little bit more of a high full high floor to this team. Um, Joe, any last thoughts on the bears before we move on to the lions? Uh, no. All right. Moving on to the lions. <laughs> no, just no <laughs> lions three win team plus five fifty on DK. I see a plus six fifty on bet MGM um, in line with what we were talking about before about this being probably the toughest division, one of the toughest divisions to project and how slim the margins are from the fourth place team. The lions have a seven, seven win over under total, which I think is the highest maybe instead of, I think the AFC West may have like the Chargers at seven wins right now, um, which is the highest over under win total for a fourth place projected team um, in the Lions right now. I Like I said before, the Lions, I have a little bit higher graded than the Bears, but this is exactly the opposite of what I just said with Nagy. Like if the Lions had any other head coach other than Matt Patricia, <laughs> I'd be so in on firing for the lions to win this division. I still might just because of what Terry was talking about of how close this, this division is. Um, but you know, I don't know whether I'm going to get sucked into the lions like I did during the Jim Caldwell years, but I love Matt Stafford. I think he's like a top five quarterback when he's healthy. They've done a lot of good things in the off season, getting Deandre Swift to complement that offense, Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones, um, Okuda is going to probably step in, be a day one starter on defense, but this team, other than Matt Patricia is, is good. Like it, they look good on paper. They really do. I know they won three, yeah. three wins last year. They had three wins last year, but Terry, I know we've talked about the lions. Let's talk about why the reasons why the lions could be good this year. Let's roar, baby. <laughs> Let's go. Um, yeah, no, I really like the Lions. They'll, they'll be my best bet teaser for later in the episode. That's already too long. Um, <laughs> they, like you said, they picked Jeff Kuda, who's, you know, I don't think offseason, no offseason doesn't matter. He's going to be a pro bowler and he can just step in. It's easier being a quarterback. Just cover the guy in front of you. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and then they also just added, they added uh, Jamie Collins, you know, Pat's guy, 
for um, what's his name? Well, I can't think of the coach's name. Jesus Christ. Um, Help me, someone. Matt Patricia. I, I just checked. Jesus Christ is not a coach in the NFL. No, he's not. <laughs> <laughs> the beard fooled me. Um, so they have Jamie Collins be the, the signal caller in the middle of the defense. Um, and then they replace Darius Slay. They traded away um, with Desmond Trufant, who's, you know, not as good as Darius Slay, but still, like, they replaced him with – they have Akuda and Trufant. As, you know, it's a pretty good tandem for any NFL team. Um, and I, with, with Stafford, he's, he's a good quarterback. You know, he got injured last year. I, I, people, I think the team can rally, rally around Matthew Stafford and in a weird season where weird things happen, they lost some weird games last year, like the chiefs game with the guys knee down. Was it not down? Did they blow a whistle return for a touchdown? Um, yeah, the tie against the Cardinals in week one, I think the team had, like Dom said, the team has talent there and I think they can win this division. And then there's Matt Patricia, their head coach. <laughs> He's like the Jason Garrett of the NFC North, but a defensive minded coach. If Garrett was an offensive minded coach, I don't, I don't Matt, know. Matt Patricia, a defensive minded head coach who had his team 28th ranked in DVOA and defense yes. last year. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, if you look at the Lions' first five games last year, tie to the Cardinals, beat the Chargers at home, beat the Eagles in Philly, lost that weird game to the Chiefs where they probably should have won, had a bye, and then lost in Green Bay with the two hands to the face penalties that really screwed them. Um, I think it was a Monday night game that game was. Yeah, that was bad. But, yeah. But I mean, this team could have been five and zero last year before Stafford got injured. So. I think that's why they gave Patricia another run on it, just because of the flashes they showed at the beginning of the season before Stafford got hurt. After Stafford got hurt, really just threw it all apart. Like I would be like Stafford's my favorite player to be the comeback player of the year because I think if this team wins 10, 11 games, does Stafford put up MVP numbers to win the MVP? No, but I think that a, a consolation prize could be handed to them um, more easily than other teams after turning around a third, a three win team to make the team that makes the playoffs or at least is on the cusp there. Um, but Joe, any thoughts on the lions before we get into our best bet? Also, I will, I will flag this TJ Hawkinson first round pick okay. last year, top 10 pick last year um, showed flashes with Stafford in the beginning of the season. I think he could be a breakout player for fantasy this year, especially with all these weapons and the addition of Deandre Swift, who was the highest ranked running back uh, coming into this draft class on the Lions, especially with Galladay, Jones, Amendola. There's a lot of weapons here. Hawkinson can see some pretty favorable matchups, I think. Yeah, I, I love Hawkinson. I liked him a lot last year. And then, you know, obviously Stafford's injury kind of impacted that. But they they spent draft capital in the third and fourth round, uh, beefing up the offensive line. I think I'm not going to reiterate everything that you guys have said, but I do think that this is an opportunity for Stafford to come back uh, and make an impact on a division where we generally feel like all the teams are very close together. And uh, I also bet uh, Stafford to be the comeback player of the year. I think it was like plus 800 or something like that. Yeah. All right. Um, Let's do best bets and then we'll do who wins the division. Uh, Joe, why don't you start? Um, So I, I don't, I don't really have a good feeling about the 
about like, like you said about most of the teams in this division, but I really don't, I don't really trust the bears and uh, I'm going to bet on the bear. My best bet is the bears to finish fourth at plus two twenty five on a uh, bet MGM. Okay. Great pick Joe. Thanks. Uh, my best bet is going to be uh, uh, foreshadowing or a, a, a spoiler for the next segment. Uh, I'm going to take the Lions to win the division at uh, plus 650 on point. Um, if, if you don't have as big as balls as I do, uh, <laughs> you can take them to make the playoffs on points bet at uh, plus 320, which seven teams make the, make the playoffs this year. And it could be a 14, 14 game season. So a lot of weird things can happen. So um, yeah, if, if, you don't you don't want to take them to win the division. You can take them to make the playoffs at plus three twenty. But I'm taking them to win the division six fifty. I so good. You took took all the work out for me. Uh, my bet is going to be other than Matt Stafford to be the comeback player of the year, um, which is plus fourteen hundred on BetMGM right now. Um, Lions to make the playoffs plus three twenty points bet. As Terry said, seven teams make the playoffs this year. As we've talked about before on this podcast, teams that finish in the bottom 10 of the NFL, usually two or three teams make it into the playoffs the next year. I think the Lions are probably the best candidate there other than maybe the Browns. Um, But I think the Lions, you know, I'm not sold that they win the division. I'll probably put them in some wild divisional parlays just because that number's huge. And I don't like a lot of teams in this division, but I think the Lions making the playoffs, I have them you know, probably in the second tier of the NFC if uh, on paper, but hopefully Patricia figures things out and they make the playoffs. But I think plus three twenty to make the playoffs is a good bet. So Dom has smaller balls than me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hopefully we both win. Hopefully yeah. we both win. No, your penis is probably bigger. <laughs> <laughs> Who wins the division? Uh, I'll still say the Packers win this division. I mean, I'd be a fraud if I didn't say the Lions. So the Lions. <laughs> I, I'm i going back and forth between the Vikings and the Lions, um, but I am going to say the Lions just to have some have some continuity here on the podcast. And I just – think some of these teams are going to have to some of these divisional winners are going to be surprising like you have to think as a gambler like a lot of these teams that win divisions don't win the division next year and there's going to be some surprises there always is i was looking at i was cleaning out my apartment today and found out found my division ticket um that i place every year at a live book in in fanduel and the ravens were plus 290 to win the division last year so doesn't look so surprising at the end of the year, but you know, some of these numbers are going to look pretty wild. When we turn back. I think lions plus six fifty could be pretty crazy. Once we get into the beginning of the season and they're come up to a hot start. Stafford looks great. A lot of weapons on offense. So there you have it. We're kind of buying the lions. I guess, I guess here, huh? Yeah. <laughs> All right. NFC North, thank you for listening. Uh, On Thursday, we'll be coming out with the AFC North. uh, Just to tease that a little bit, Ravens, Steelers, I think are the top two teams in 
any division. I think the Steelers are, are very good, but you'll have to listen to that podcast on Thursday to find out what we think about the NFC, about the AFC North. Part four of our NFL Summer Preview Series coming Thursday. Thank you for listening to part three. Hope you guys have a good week. God bless. Coming out. I want the world to move. Got to let me show. Thursday, I'm coming out. AFC North. Oh, oh, oh. Do, 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 do. <laughs>